cults, coercion, and sexuality in society. These are the topics for the Frankie Files. I'm Frankie Tease, your host, and I'll continue to focus on my own family story as well as news and recovery info for those who've survived, especially the adult children of cults. New each Tuesday. See FrankieFilesPodcast.com for more. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 69 of Frankie Files Podcast. I'm Frankie Tees. Today is Fourth Tuesday. Time to talk about children of cults, how we have to deal with the effects of cults all of our lives. I want to talk about the subtlety of programming we experienced in cults of all kinds today. Being a cult kid, I look from this angle in my research for the show. We have a unique perspective as cult kids that must be highlighted. Something the show tries to do each fourth Tuesday, make a note of it. So I did an episode on cults, the brain and music in episode 68 last week. This week, I want to expand on this a bit, using more notes and sources about how music is used on us in cults for indoctrination, control, and programming. Episode 68 was a general sweep across this topic, and it's just really huge. Today, I want to talk about the connection between the brain, music, and self-hypnosis, a sort of memorization that takes place, stuff that we're left with as cult kids, stuff to deal with the rest of our lives. It's neuro-level stuff because the brain processes music as it comes in, processes all sounds automatically. Let's get to that first. Unconscious inference the logic of perception, a constructive process, quote, what we see and hear is part of a long mental chain of events that gives rise to our impressions, according to This Is Your Brain on Music by Daniel Levitin. And he quotes multiple scientists. Starting with this, the way the brain functions is that sound comes in through the eardrum and then the auditory cortex processes the first stages of that, perception and analysis of tones. The sensory cortex, the part of the brain, handles toe tapping and playing of instruments, motor cortex, dancing and playing an instrument, music involves the prefrontal cortex too in creation of expectations. By Violations of and satisfaction of expectations. Interesting, and this is on an appendix by Daniel Levitin. And the cerebellum gets in on toe tapping, dancing, playing instruments, and emotional reaction to music. So the cerebellum stores our reaction to music to reassociate that when we hear similar tones again. The corpus callosum connects left and right hemispheres of the brain and are also involved in processing music. And I want to make the point here, listening and playing music involves all parts of the brain, unlike many activities. It engages all parts of the brain involuntarily. Music is quite powerful as a tool. 
More emotional reactions to music are recorded by the nucleus accumbens, and the amygdala, which we already know, is part of the limbic or emotional brain, and known to be a part of the brain from beginning of time or awareness. It has info from our ancestors for survival stuff like that. The cerebellum is important for foot tapping, dance, playing of instruments, and emotional reactions to music. It's quite large and at the base of the brain near the neck and brainstem. The hippocampus is all about memory for music, musical experiences and contexts. So the cerebellum and hippocampus located in the center of the brain, seeming near the ear, are very active during music and are used to process it. So the cult kid and non-cult kid alike, picture yourself or the cult kid sitting in a religious or group setting, reciting music of the church or high demand group. Its mood, message, and rhythm are recorded in multiple ways by the brain. And then when it hears it again, the same mood and messages are induced by the brain, which has carefully memorized as safe or a threat by this time. So whether it's cherished hymns, holy songs, chanting like Hinduism or Christian rock, your brain is working on being indoctrinated by music without your consent or acknowledgement. It's known as a means of control. Even military and college has theme songs, anthems, and the like to engage their troops without a word being spoken. That's a powerful tool to use. Propaganda, commercials, politics all use music to program and disable our brains. At Medical News Today, the cerebellum is the lower back part of the brain. It's only 10% of brain weight, but it's 80% of the neurons in the brain. A neuron is a nerve cell, electrically excitable cell that fires electric signals called action potentials across a neural network. Neurons communicate with other cells via synapses, specialized connections that commonly use minute amounts of chemical neurotransmitters to pass the electrical signals to other parts of the brain. Also, Britannica.com lists each cell as having two or more long fibers called dendrites to the cell body. In higher nervous systems, only one fiber, the axon, carries the impulse away from the cell body. Connective tissue holds bundles of fibers from neurons together. There are sensory and motor neurons. Britannica says the hippocampus is primarily associated with memory. It's named for its shape of a seahorse from Greek. The hippocampus is located in the medial region of the temporal lobe, forms part of the limbic system, which is particularly important in regulating emotional responses, storing long-term memories, and making those memories resistant to forgetting. It also has a role in spatial processing and navigation. You're listening to The Frankie Files, frankiefilespodcast.com. The hippocampus receives input from the entorenal cortex located beneath the anterior frontal region of the hippocampus. It receives input from also serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine systems. It also receives cholinergetic input from medial septum, regulating the physical state of the hippocampal. Okay, that's a lot of words, but let's get back to the point. 
Hermann von Helmholtz had coined the term unconscious inference. Quote, details are inferred by by the unconscious mind to create a complete picture. The filling in phenomena is the point here. When we hear anything or see anything, for that matter, we use information to fill it in and process it involuntarily. Auditory hallucinations is proof our brain guessed incorrectly about what's out there in the world. We process anything coming in in a parallel manner, not linear. Picturing us singing a hymn or music in the cult is our first impression of music. Often the music was ominous and included themes of death, apocalypticism, or a mood of threat. That is then what we refer to when we hear notes like this again. How many of you cult kids highly control the music that you listen to now? The fact that music has a subconscious message to us, whether we want to feel that or not, is powerful. Using new music that I never heard in my cult was one of the main overrides of my programming that I still use and create new programming with. I mean, we are battling neurons that followed pathways that the cult leader wanted to happen. It's a bit sinister to deal with, isn't it? Neurons that fire together, wire together is a science saying about just this issue. The first time you hear a minor, first time you heard a G minor was in church. The G minor fired along with the words, scenery, rituals going on, the atmosphere, the smells of the church. It's all wrapped up together with that note. Fighting against this This is exactly what the cult kid is dealing with the rest of their life. When you judge someone in your life as difficult, introverted, angry, or the like, perhaps some compassion is needed on what that adult child of a cult may be going through. I mean, the cult leaders love getting young, impressionable minds for this very reason. If programmed in the desired church setting, it sets us up to believe certain things for the rest of our lives and to react to sounds, preaching words, and music with involuntary servitude. It's really, really effective. I have to say the main way music was used to program me is with apocalypticism. The constant end-of-the-world message was so strong. It's the underlying basis for doctrine in New Age religion, which portends that a New Age will be ushered in and all will be lost or transformed into a new harmonious world. But it's not much different from every other apocalyptic message since the beginning of time, first recorded in 100 BC when it didn't happen. They made up a story and set a new date because the threat of the end of the world is effective. You can get a lot done using that. The hymns threaten us with death. Talk about the new world. Tell us what a terrific, terrible place this is or threaten us with eternal damnation. Then they get us to internalize it and sing it to ourselves, creating the continuous self-hypnosis and programming needed to keep people in check. Our only defense? Earplugs. Even if you know the brain and how it works, you cannot help but process sound as it comes in. That's a wow. I'd say that continuous preaching and continuous music is one of the best kept secrets of control by cults. Synanon had 24-hour radio playing at all their locations. Rajneesh had all of the chanting. 
Christians have song, hymns, and the Bible verses. Muslims have a recording playing at all prayer times. This stuff is very effective in getting right to the brain. Our consent be damned. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com Here is a sample of the music from a cult that went viral in Japan. All the kids were singing it. What could go wrong? It's called the Om Shinrikyo cult. And the leader was Asahara. And they say his name over and over again in this. Here you go. Sochi, さしさしさしさしさしあさはなさし立ち上がる
This is featured on the channel called the History Channel Japan, and it is called Japanese Most Notorious Cult Aum Shinrikyo Creepy Dancing. And I got to tell you, the dancing and the hypnotized faces of the young girls doing the dancing does add an element of cult vibe to this song. This was really famous, and they got all the kids and everybody else to sing it, and they're singing the name Asahara of the leader of Om Shinrikyo Cult, which I'm going to cover in Hot Takes of a Cult Kid. I just wanted to share that music because it's mentioned in How to Become a Cult Leader documentary on Netflix, episode 5, I believe it is, or 6. And it's quite daunting and repetitive, as you can see. But it was popular the world over. So that is the Om Shinrikyo cult song. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com So, cool kids, use sound to reprogram yourself. Use sound to reset, to elevate the mood of you and others. Use it in headsets to help get through your day. Avoid lyrics with apocalyptic death messages, messages of fear and paranoia. That's not it. Get a message that will elevate your critical thinking. Warm your heart to nature here on our planet and find out what tones are beneficial by researching Hertz, H-E-R-Z. The best thing we can do for ourselves as cult kids is understanding how the cult leader tricked our brains into working against us and flip the script, getting our brains to serve our new agendas, freedom of thought, freedom from religion. Shake that shiver man loose as Fat Freddy's drop lyrics say to do. Check the link for that in the show notes. Thanks for listening to, liking, sharing, donating to Frankie Files Podcast. It's all about the listeners, especially the adult children of cults. And always keep critical thinking. If you would like information on cults in the news, please join my substack, frankietees.substack.com. You're listening to The Frankie Files, frankiefilespodcast.com.